Hello, welcome back to the Survivors Podcast. I'm Thomas. It's been so, so long since I've recorded one of these. I think almost a year now. A lot has changed. I moved out of my hometown and I'm now in the city of Montreal. It's been great here. And I think the focus for this episode is going to be more of a, a catch up and really touching on a few things about the overall subject of this podcast, which is child abuse uh, and the people who survived. So to start this off from the top, I want to say that I'm proud of you. If you're a survivor, I want you to know that because I know from personal experience, I can truly empathize and understand you and what you've been through. So I just want to say I'm proud of you and how far you've come, even though, you know, if you feel like you're not fully there, you know, if you feel like you still got a lot to work on, I'm proud of you. You know, you've come really, really far, and I want you to know that. Also, it's crazy how many people are listening to this podcast. And when I first recorded it, I was in a really introspective self-work and also really sad point in my life. It was it was a great point in my life in the sense that I was really looking inward. And if this is your first episode and listening to it, I highly recommend going back and starting in episode one. It's gonna give you a great context to this this whole conversation. But I, I'm a, a child abuse survivor myself. I was abused from five to seven years old physically, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, in every possible way you can imagine. And yes, sexually as well. Um, And all of that, when I started this podcast 12 months ago, it was really the first time that I felt like I could get help. And I wanted help. And I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling, which was robotic, um, stuck, um, disconnected, uh, anxious, uh, separated, lonely, um, you know. (sighs) Dependent on, you know, Things like food and sex and drugs and these these type of things that you can overindulge in. And I felt really like being... I was being judgmental. You know, that was a huge part of the reason why I wanted to get help is I was grumpy... I was getting frustrated all the time. I get super irritated. 
and, you know, I was judging, you know, everyone and everything, and it, and it ended up causing issues, because I was judging myself a lot, and putting myself to very high standards, but looking back, I mean, I've, that person that I listened to in those podcasts 12 months ago was a completely different person. That's how far I've came. You know, I'm doing so much better. All the things that I was looking for and working on um, were fixed, you know. Um, and shout out to my, my therapist, She's just such an excellent uh, woman. And it's, it's a different person in the fact that the goals that I wanted to accomplish have been accomplished, at least to some extent. And, and at least the main concerns that I was having of feeling like a robot, you know, not being able to control my emotions. Um, my irritability was too high, you know, my, my anger, my judgment of other people, you know, and then how I felt towards women. A lot of that stuff was kind of healed. And, you know, when I, my mom suffers, my biological mom suffers from schizophrenia. And my stepmom, well, she's, she's not, uh, clearly she's not a part of my life anymore. But my, my stepmom, when I was younger, was the one who abused me. And then I had um, some people that were involved in trying to get help for me and my brothers and they were tend to they would tend to be women and i had a heartbreak um which is i think everyone goes to that but the timing of it was just really bad where everything just kind of added up all these things added up where i didn't understand women and i didn't i didn't get them i didn't know what they wanted and I felt like they had, they were tricking me. There was something about women that I, I couldn't put a pulse on and they just wanted to trick me or, you know, I didn't have such a good sense of what it meant, what it means to be a woman. And not that I identify as a woman or anything like that um, to make it, to make that uh, distinction and in all transparency, I'm a, I'm a straight, um, male, uh, not that, not that that has too much to do with what we're talking about, but I, I guess to give some insight about myself, um, so I just didn't understand what, as like a man, I didn't understand women, and it was very confusing, because I, 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 you know, I love women, I, I love, you know, 
I've loved specific women and the way they've made me feel and the way they've treated me and, you know, um, cared for me and things like that. But I could just never, it wasn't clear to me. So I've kind of worked on myself a bit there. And one of the things, though, when I look back on those episodes, the one thing I miss was my, I loved how much I was working on myself at that time. I think that was one of, one of the happiest times of my life. In the sense that like, I was a mess. I was a mess emotionally. But everything I was doing wasn't a mess. Like it was just a I was uncovering so much about my past traumas, the ways I think, um, the the way that that abuse was weighing me down. I, I understood a lot of it, but it was bringing up a lot of emotions. I felt when, and so you got to, to give some context as well, this is the first time I had felt ready to go to a therapist and like, it was like, I need help. You know, it wasn't going to the therapist and not that there's anything wrong with this, but it, it, I didn't go to the therapist um, without, with no game plan. It was really, really, really at the point where I was ready to go. And I, I got help myself. Um, I remember just one day calling in and... And I looked up online, actually, just some places for affordable uh, therapy. And there was a place that specialized in child abuse and um, sexual abuse victims. And they could give a discounted rate if you uh, had those things happen to you in your past. And so that's where where I had went to. Um, is this is this place that that could do that for me, Get, and I I couldn't afford uh, much uh, at that at the time. So I really loved how introspective I was, and I did feel such heavy emotions at that time because some of this stuff was really heavy, and I had forgotten a lot about about these memories that I had pushed down or just how these memories even made me feel about myself. And so it wasn't a time when I look back on it and be like, you know, damn, I was really, really working on myself. Like I was writing in my journal. I was meditating. I was going to therapy. Uh, I was hitting, you know, the gym. I was working really hard on my business uh, at that time, which I wasn't generating very, I wasn't generating money at all from it. Really, you know, I get a job here and a job there, and it's a few hundred bucks, and um, it wasn't consistent. But taken, you know, I'm 24 now, and so last year I was, you know, 23. Um, I just graduated, and I was, I had done some client work here and there but I just started taking it more serious uh, uh so I was working my butt off and I don't think the revenue was a, a signifying fact of 
how much I was putting into my business. I, I was calling people, cold calling random people and just asking if they needed help with the website. And to do that and get rejected so many times and to just sit there and be making, making no money from it whatsoever, it, it doesn't make any sense. But that's what I love about that is I was just working on myself. And, and to fast forward to today, I forgot some of those lessons like I took so much with me and I've learned so much about myself over this period of, of time. Um, what's maybe a, what's a specific example I could give? You know, for example, I used to get really irritated uh, to the point where I get road rage. Uh, while driving, I would get so, so, so angry. And I remember working on that with my therapist. And we got to the point where I was I wasn't getting really too, too much worked up anymore driving, it would happen on occasion. But it was really quite low after talking through it with my therapist for, you know, about a month doing two sessions per month. But over this course of the year, I've basically fine-tuned that, you know, that aspect of me where I don't ever, ever road rage on people like I did. And so, you know, that seems very small, but to me that was huge because the it felt like I couldn't control my emotions and it was draining me. It was an exhausting time just driving back and forth because it felt like a competition and it felt, you know, if someone cut me off, it was an impersonal attack on me and they were not following the rules. They were being a dickhead. They were trying to screw me and I need to get back at them. You know, that was my, my, my logic. And so that's, that's over. Um, so there's, there's a number of, uh, you know, things like that. Um, Another one, I was at the time smoking so much weed. I mean, the amounts of weed I was smoking, I could have broke records. Insane amounts. Uh, I mean, you're talking, if you're a smoker out there, you know, you know, you can have a joint, you can have a pipe, and you can have a bong. And I would smoke probably 15 bowls per day per day 15 and that's something that I've I've worked on so much and another reason why I'm fond of the time when I started this podcast is because then I was doing my best with with not smoking I had not smoked for about a month I believe it was a month and a half and I also didn't watch porn, which it was another thing I had a hard time. Um, it was an addiction. It was an addiction. Like porn and masturbation were in it, were and and still tend to be an addiction for me. I mean, even weed, uh, the same thing. It's just gotten so much more manageable and so much better. And for, for example, today, 
I haven't uh, smoked any weed. Um, so that's kind of gives you a sign of how things are going. But, you know, 12 months ago, you're talking, I was a different person smoking 15 bowls per day. And I do. So yesterday I smoked weed the day before that I smoked weed. Um, the day before that, and then I think like, maybe a week or two ago, I didn't smoke one day. And so I guess I get a little romantic about those times 12 months ago, because I was so strong with the support system I had. And then, you know, smoking, smoking picked up, and now I'm trying to to get get off it again and it it, it always comes to the point where I've reduced my smoking I feel like okay it's not an issue I can smoke again I smoke again it picks up to the point where inevitably it becomes an issue again and the thought that just kills me is the thought that I only enjoy life if I'm smoking like that that idea breaks my brain because it's like how can I just not go one day without smoking like why is this even an issue like I should just be able to not smoke you know like when you say it it just sounds so simple like don't smoke weed for one day that's all you got to do and to me it's like and, and to any person who's been addicted to something it's just devastating. You're like, you're not even happy. And then what you realize too is like, am I only happy when I get my hit? So it's like the whole day you're working, you're, you're doing your thing only to get to the, like to think the entire time. I can't wait to smoke that bowl. Can't wait to get that hit. And then you, you just at the point where you're like, man, I got to get off this stuff because it's like, the only time I, what am I living for? If my, my whole day I'm thinking about not working and smoking a bowl, it's like my whole, my whole day is re, is basically to just smoke. It's like I just work th- through the day just to get some money and just so I can go smoke. And it's a really, really, you know, when you come to that realization, it's really awful feeling because it it just feels like your life is flying by you know and you're you think about at least me I think about when I was a kid and I'm like you know damn I don't I don't think my younger self would would be too proud you know and be like damn you really turned out like that you know you really you know you have so much potential and and I just get to thinking about the nights you know that all those times, you know, that I could have done something, you know, like if, if I were to smoke weed, if I were to smoke weed today, I wouldn't have recorded this. I just wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have, I went on a a late night walk to uh, the bank to do to run an errand. And I just wouldn't have done that if I smoked. And then, you know, at the same time, I, I feel like, you know, weed has done a lot for me in terms of, it got me to think outside my box. It got me to meet new people and new friend groups. And it's, that's the, 
I think the double-edged sword with weed as an addiction is it's like everyone's everyone's like it's oh it's okay you know you just laugh and have fun and you eat a little bag of chips and you know you, you're just maybe not fully concentrated and but it's you're not hurting anyone you're just a little docile little thing and it just it can be weird it can be super weird as if you're addicted to it because it's like people then normalize it and you talk to a friend and maybe they're like well you know and then there's there's even it has benefits like it it actually does have benefits and it can be easy then as someone who's a pot smoker to then normalize and be like hey well maybe you know it's not that addictive that's an also that's a myth that people say but that you know hey it's not that addictive i don't really get hangovers which again that's a myth you do get hangovers and uh you know i don't really bother too many people and it doesn't really but it's it's still a it can be abused and it can become part of a lifestyle. And I think you can still enjoy weed without letting it be, letting it become a lifestyle where it's like, yeah, after 5 PM, you know, I need, I need to smoke. Um, so that's my rant about, you know, my thoughts on smoking weed since I've, I've recorded last, you know, and where I was and, and where I'm at now. And I've, I think I, I've, I look at the small wins, um, in terms of that side of my, my life that, Hey, if I can, if I can reduce the amount I'm smoking by any means, then it's, it's a win. Like if I smoke, you know, less THC percentage, weed or if i smoke one bowl instead of you know two even those small little wins help and i'm at the point now where i've tried to quit multiple times so i can at least have a day off and not go crazy so that's you know that that's my journey, at least in, in, in that department of my life. Now, my child abuse connects so much to my choice of, when I, when I reflect back to my choice of drugs, like this is obviously in hindsight, but I, one of the symptoms that you have from severe child neglect and abuse is is like a hyper village hyper village hyper vigilance hyper vigilance <laughs> let me say that right Vig- vigilance <laughs> and it the, i've described it to a friend like child abuse is is honestly like you've you've are a war veteran it's it's that bad because you get you do get very similar symptoms. Like you get kind of a shell shock. You get like, you get the PTSD, you get the hypervigilance, you get the anxiety, you get the insomnia, you get the depression. Like 
it's literally like you went to war as as a child though you know take that take that in for a second that child abuse gives you a similar feeling that if you went to war as an adult and saw and and had some trauma happen there right i don't want to go into too much detail but you know that's it's this torment it's it's literally it's it's torment it's it's as bad as that and you know and it's it's hard for people to see that though and that it's such a prevalent issue too that and it it happens so much and it's really not talked about enough so my abuse caused extreme anxiety extreme hyper vigilant hyper vigilance i actually realized this today that why i smoked weed was because of that i was trying to escape the anxiety but what happened is it worked and i escaped the anxiety but it basically created another anxiety of i need weed to cope and it caused this itch in me like if i don't have weed i won't be able to function and that was an anxiety in itself and it was also weed which causes paranoia so it made me basically think i I, you know you're talking i first smoked when i was 14 so it's almost 10 years and it just made me feel like i was an anxious person because i feel like i feel that child abuse can it lends itself well to weed because you get super anxious and hyper vigilant and what's a drug that you could take that would help relieve stress you know weed is the one like a lot if you're in high school and you know you have some friends around or whatever and they're experimenting and what do you like most people say oh you know smoke some weed and chill out and you know you'll laugh and have a good time and that sounds great when you're tripping out all the time you're anxious as shit you're you're walking down the street and you're looking over your shoulder because you think the person behind you is going to come up and do something that's the level we're talking about and when you're in high school and weed is the chill fun relaxing drug to do i mean it lends well to do it i mean it's it's just crazy that that's the case but i mean it's just the reality of the situation that you know you're you just want to escape that anxiety you want to escape feeling fear all the time 24 7 just being out on the lookout questioning what everyone thinks trying to guess what people are thinking trying to dress in a certain way so people don't look at you or judge you or my goodness it was a nightmare being that anxious and so that led to me wanting to smoke weed so you know much and then like i said for the longest time 
because I just went into this, I had this hypervigilance, went into smoking weed, it relieved the problem, at least through high school, because high school, you're just floating by, you don't really know what you're doing anyway, it's a really emotional time for everyone, um, but, but all of a sudden now, after, after that, it's like you kind of just feel like you're an anxious person, because it's like you had to, you know, you use the weed to self-medicate and now the weed is, you know, it helped you, but now it's causing you paranoia. And so you're like, am I just a paranoid person? Am I just a worried person, an anxious person? Because this is still the same stuff that I was trying to avoid when I was smoking in the first place. And that's a weird, weird feeling. You know, that's really quite a hopeless feeling that you're just never going to get, you know, better, or you're never gonna, like, you're the problem, and, like, that's, that's who you are, and that's the, that's you being normal, and that's the slippery slope of, of smoking weed, and, and all, and all that, so I'm gonna leave that, that talk there, and kind of summarize and, and finalize this chat, I don't want it to be too long of a episode. I kind of just want to get it out there. So, uh, yes, now I am in Montreal and my business has um, taken off quite well. Um, I now have close to 100 clients that I work with. Um, We build websites and do online marketing. And so that's been the rock of my life because I've been just so busy working like I've changed so much I've matured so much I now live on my own so I I moved out of my hometown I moved to Montreal which is like six seven hours away from my hometown my business started to finally take off and I was just really just caught up with with life too busy um, I had one of my happiest moments in my life when the company reached over ten thousand dollars in revenue. I've I hired um, at that time there were six employees total, including myself. And I remember that day I was we had this beautiful uh, apartment. I had the success that I wanted, and I just cried. I was cooking dinner and I just stopped and I just started crying because I was like. It was a good cry though. It's it was like wow, this kid who was beaten, who was abused, who was you know spit on, punched on, brought down to the lowest point, humiliated, shamed, you know, tortured, unloved, could get up off his feet and and come to such a high place to create something so amazing the contrast was just unbelievable and although life is not perfect i mean it's still there's still things that i'm working on i'm still i'm still human life is a lot better and i want you to know that it can be better and i want to say as well avoid trying to have a perfect life or a perfect like whatever that idea is in your head of like you're gonna get to that point and then everything will be okay forget that idea because it's never gonna come 
I've, I've realized that even when I compare myself from today, from last year, I'm like, wow, that's a totally different person, totally different person. But if I just look at myself right now and don't just look at this moment and who I am, I still have things to work on. And I feel like if I come back to you in a year, I'm going to say, wow, I'm a totally different person from who I was last year. But damn, do I still have some stuff to work on? So things get better, a lot better, really, really better. A life can life is good. Life can be really great. And and life wants you to succeed and be great and have a great time. Will it be perfect? No. Will you still have obstacles? Yes. But life will be better and it can be so, so, so much better. That's the thing you don't know. You know, it can really, really, really be better, like transformationally better. And I want you to know that and I want you to keep going and I want you to take care of yourself and be I would say the number one thing I want you to take away from this, if anything, is to be caring for yourself and be patient of yourself. You know, there's so many times when we we have a goal. Hey, you know, I uh, I was abused by my father and it's really affecting my relationships with, you know, guys. And... Um, you know, I just keep going back to the same guy and, you know, he's not good for me or whatever. You know, you got to take the small wins. You got to say, hey, look, at least I'm acknowledging that this is a problem. At least I know it's a problem. At least I'm aware that this is a concern that I have and I want to avoid doing this in the future. I think it's it's too easy to call yourself names and be like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm this. I'm that. I'm bad. I'm stupid. I'm I'm, you know, don't use those, those words, don't use those sentences, don't use such definite, strong statements about yourself, you know, just when you hear that voice that's saying, hey, I'm bad, I'm not good enough, all this, just say, hey, you know, take a moment to think about how far you've come, think about yourself from a year ago, and, and just say something nice about yourself, even just say, hey, you know, like, I'm trying, I'm really trying because there's some days that, you know, I would really try to not smoke weed and, you know, I ended up smoking weed and it's no way to live just beating yourself up. I, I Believe me, I've tried. I tried to do that and I felt like crap, you know, just being like waking up the next morning like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I smoked weed. Like it just doesn't work. That kind of self-talk is really harmful. So, you know, now I say to myself, I tried, you know, and I, I, I say the next day, I don't, I think about, Hey, yesterday was yesterday and today's today. And today I don't want to smoke. And that's what I tell myself. I don't want to watch porn. I don't want to masturbate. And it's a much, I've, I've found this is a much better way for me to think about things because I used to say, I used to say, I don't need I can't smoke. I don't need to smoke. I it was such a strong, I can't smoke today. I, uh, you know, I, I can't watch porn ever again. I can't, um, masturbate ever again. I, I can't, 
I need to stop smoking. I need it. And it's such a, and then when you do, or if you do end up relapsing or, you know, um, maybe not fully relapsing, but you know, maybe, um, you end up smoking, um, you know, again, then you're just going to feel so guilty and shameful and say, you know, I really told myself I can never do this again. And now look what I'm doing. So just say to yourself, hey, I want to do these things. And that's the energy I'm putting out. I want these things to happen because it and and that's a it's a I'm going to end on this, but that's an important distinction as well for the fact that you want that. You want that. You don't need that. Th- those are two different things. You actually desire the change. You want the change because that's where it's coming from. You want to stop smoking. You want to stop drinking. You want to be more friendly. You want to be more social. You want to be less anxious. These are things that you're choosing. You want them. Uh, you don't need them. It's not a need. It's a want. It's a desire for change. And I want you to remember all of those things. And lastly, I want to remember. I want you to remember how insanely, immensely proud I am of all the people listening that are, you know, either child abuse survivors themselves or they know someone, or they're here to just support, you know, you're doing an amazing thing, even listening and tuning in. And I'm really proud of how far you've come. You know, I really mean that. I really, really do. So have a great day, morning, night, Be gentle with yourself and take care. We'll be chatting more soon. I'm shocked at how many people were listening to this. When I downloaded this app again, wow. I have people in like Finland listening to this. I have people in the US and I'm from Canada. So I have people in Nigeria. I mean... There's people all over the world listening to this and it gets almost like daily plays. It's unbelievable. I'm really, really shocked. Goodbye for now.